This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams. And this is the Sportacast. All right, Evan. Big weekend. The Super Bowl is set. Are you excited for Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes? And I know I should say Bucks versus Chiefs, but we know that this is going to be billed about these two quarterbacks on opposite ends of the age spectrum. Exactly. I feel like we were talking about this last year as well, right? When Mahomes and uh, when Mahomes and Lamar Jackson faced off in the in the AFC Championship, we were going to have old school versus new school. Yet again, Tom Brady, you know, over the age of 40, getting to, I believe this is his 10th Super Bowl, Scott, which is a pretty, you know, shocking. It's unbelievable what he's accomplished. Yeah. Um, And I would say, you know, we may never see that again, but Mahomes is is two for three at this point, right? So, so he's, he's well on pace. Uh, But yes, you know, a showdown that I think, you know, perfectly kind of represents the, the, the aging class of superstars in the NFL and the really valuable younger class of superstars that are going to be responsible when Drew Brees is gone, when Ben Roethlisberger is gone, when Tom Brady is gone, if he's ever gone, for carrying the league forward from a marketing standpoint. I like the way you said, if he's ever gone. I mean, father time is undefeated. <laughs> At some point, he will be gone. <laughs> yes. You have to figure this will not be the Tom Brady show for the next decade. But you know me. I go with my focus group of one, and that's my son, 11 and a half years old. He loves sports, but he does not watch them on TV, especially the NFL. He knows the players because of the Madden video game, and he's got a Patrick Mahomes shirt and a Kansas City Chiefs hat, all because of Mahomes. If the NFL wants to really embrace those young kids, and we saw that Nickelodeon broadcast with brought in some, they better get creative and do not waste the opportunity that this Super Bowl presents to make my son want to watch. Yeah, we may have been in this like weird middle zone where the NFL, I think, loves the idea of Patrick Mahomes being in the in the in the in the in the Super Bowl. But I think a lot of people around the business of the NFL were probably really rooting for the Buffalo Bills, a team that obviously hasn't been here in a long time. The Chiefs were here just last year. A really, really, you know, vocal, active, loud fan base. I know the folks in the ticketing world, for example, the folks in the marketing world, for example, were both expecting, you know, if the Bills get to their first Super Bowl in 20 years, you know, we're going to be seeing some, some massive resale numbers, some massive merchandise sales numbers. Probably not the same you're going to get from from the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, they were in the in the Super Bowl, you know, just 12 months ago. Uh, but on the other end, you know, you can't really go wrong with Brady or Rodgers. But, you know, I think the fact that Tom Brady is in yet another Super Bowl in his first year with a new team is going to help, you know, the, the ratings on that end. All right, so let's talk about the business of television 
what are we expecting? Hundred and how many million people? I mean, everybody is stuck at home, uh, COVID quarantines. This should do a massive number. It's not going to be the same type of viewing. You're not going to have the big parties, maybe not the bars. Maybe you will. I don't know if people are going out and doing that sort of thing. But people sitting at home waiting for entertainment, you would think that the eyeballs are going to be on this football game. Yeah, I mean, think about the ratings we've seen across sports, you know, for the past few months. There's been a lot of almost every property is down a bit from a rating standpoint. You know, so sure, people are are stuck at home. There's there's much less to do. There's going to be a lot less group watching, which I think would actually drive up the ratings for the Super Bowl probably fairly significantly. But, you know, that that has also been tempered by, you know, what seems to be, at least in some ways, maybe a little bit less enthusiasm for live sports during the pandemic, you know, as we've seen in, in years past. So I'm certainly curious what CBS is going to see from this. And, you know, we'll find out in 14 days. Now, well, another big part of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl of course, is the advertising. Mm. Now, no Budweiser, no Pepsi. No Coke, no Audi, no avocados from Mexico, Evan. No <laughs> avocados. I mean, I mean, these are some staple Super Bowl brands that won't be there. I, ju- I do want to note that AB, Anheuser-Busch, will still have some of its brands. Bud Light, uh, Michelob, uh, no Pepsi for PepsiCo, but yes, Mountain Dew, Frito-Lay products will be. But they're, I, from what I understand... The big staple brands are really struggling with how to advertise this year because of what's going on in the country. Yeah, I I wonder how much, you know, how much do we think CBS cares if it's selling out its spots at a a record, I think, $5.5 million for a 30-second spot. If they're right around kind of what they were expecting the prices to sell, do they care if, you know, Anheuser-Busch, a company that, that every sports fan is used to advertising during every big game, if they're sitting this one out? If, if, if Do they care that Pepsi City this one out? I'm not sure. You know, it, I, I don't know if CBS necessarily cares as long as the, the checks are clearing and as long as the, the, they're getting the price that they, you know, originally projected about five and a half million for a 30 second spot, uh, how much they care about, uh, and I believe that's slightly down from last year, but how much they care about, you know, the, 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 the quality, not the quality, but, but the different faces as opposed to kind of the same incumbent advertisers every time. Do you think they just care about, give me the bottom line, dollars and cents. We have sold out all of ours at a pretty good number. That's kind of how I feel, right? If I was CBS, I mean, as long as people are willing to pay the price of the shingle that I'm hanging, um, I'm not sure if I care if it's Budweiser or a smaller Budweiser competitor. Now, the one thing we do know about the Super Bowl, and you said it a couple of times, CBS, it'll be on linear TV, massive reach, massive audience, number one program every year, yada, yada. But we did have last week a big uh, paradigm shift, another signal when NBC shut down NBCSN. And the guidance we got was that the NHL, NASCAR, a lot of the significant programming on that network will be moving to Peacock. Here come the streamers, Evan. Yeah, I thought our colleague Anthony Krupe put this very succinctly, the headline on his story. NBCSN. Krupe never puts anything succinctly, by the way, everybody. (laughs) So that, that really is a monumental occurrence. NBCSN is the first sports TV casualty of the streaming era. You know, we have been, Scott, you and I have been talking about this this trend, where this is going for the past five or six years. It's arguably the biggest story in sports business right now. But NBC saying that NBCSN was going to be shuttering, you know, is the first casualty of, of this world. You know, they looked at the numbers. They looked at the money they were making off NBCSN. They have another cable property, USA Network, which is going to get, and I can give some numbers in a second, is going to be getting a lot of the live sports as well. But, you know, the big driver here 
Last year, NBC launched Peacock. It's its streaming. It's its equivalent of Netflix. It's equivalent of HBO Max. Um, and it wants to, you know, drive subscribers over there. And, and one of the big ways to do that is through premium live content. Um, and so, you know, if, if that's NHL games, if that's English Premier League games, another big one that, that NBC has, then a whole suite of, of smaller sports as well. You know, NASCAR is there. Tour de France is there. There's a lot of auto racing. There, there's a lot of figure skating. There's a lot of other sports as well. You know, NBC clearly believes that, that they can maximize the value of those rights, not by putting them on NBCSN, where, you know, a lot of people like you and I, frankly, are comfortable with watching them, um, but, but putting them either on another network or more importantly, on Peacock. You know me, I struggle to remember which channels are what. I'm an old school guy. I still have the cable bundle. I don't stream too much. I do have the NHL so I can get any game any night. My son likes to watch the uh, the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks, whatever he wants. Um, but I do struggle. But I will say NBCSN was one that I knew. That's one of those channels I could just boop, boop, hit, hit the remote control, get exactly what I needed. Um, for those of us of a certain age, and this will show the disparity between my age and yours, I, I used to watch... Uh, NBCSN back when it was Outdoor Life. That was mm. 1995. So something I think tells I remember me, by it the way, as Versus. That's how old I am. Yeah, I'm, Versus. I'm versus okay, so NBCSN. you do remember. Yeah. But I'm going to play the role of Edmund Novi Williams right now because I didn't want you to jump in and steal the show with all like the good numbers okay. because that's what you, you normally do. So I'll save some for you. But it's worth noting that USA charges $1.65 a sub a month, produces about $1.7 billion a year in revenue. NBCSN, 45 cents a sub a month. That's about $430 million. So you, you see the disparity in the size of these networks. And it's not a huge surprise that NBCSN is now, as Krupi said, the first casualty of the streaming era. You took the, the numbers right out of my mouth, Scott. I had yes. those written down, written yes. down as well. Yes. Uh, my, question, my question for you, kind of thinking about what this might mean, Moving forward, it's obviously not a ratings thing necessarily because I believe NBCSN was the second most watched uh, cable sports network uh, uh, of all of them last year. Do you now think differently or think about the future of FS1, for example, and, and CBS Sports Network and think, you know, if, if NBC is making this decision about its premium sports channel, you know, do, do we expect, you know, Fox and CBS to be making similar decisions, you know, in the next year or the next two or three years? How much time do we still have to go on this podcast? And we don't have a limit, but if we have a lot of time, I'll give you a big, long answer. Or if we don't have that much time, and if I glance down right now, we don't think we have that much, I will just answer succinctly. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I expect the other networks to follow suit and to see more and more sports properties, especially heading to the streamings, where, frankly, that's where the kids are, man. That's where they watch their stuff. Agreed. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Oh, well, I can. So we, we have an easy transition here because another, you know, major sporting event over the weekend, some of the biggest ones over the weekend, in fact, were also happening on streaming networks. You know, Conor McGregor uh, fought Dustin Poirier on a UFC. That was a, a pay-per-view distributed by ESPN Plus uh, and some FA Cup action also in the U.S. here, Manchester United versus Liverpool, also on ESPN Plus. You know, we're starting to see, you know, as we get in further and further into into these streaming, more rights going over to, to companies like that, that, you know, come big weekends, you know, sure, we're watching the NFL on, on Fox and CBS for their conference championship games. But we're also tuning into ESPN Plus for big events like, you know, UFC pay-per-views and, and FA Cup uh, playoffs. But you know what has to happen, Evan? You know what it has to do? You know what it has to do when you put these things on streaming services? It has to work. 
And if you were following Twitter the night of the McGregor fight, it didn't work for all people. I, I saw people clamoring for refunds. Why couldn't this be on regular TV? If this isn't going to work, what good is this? Uh, there are tech issues that need to be straightened out if you're going to have that many concurrent streams. And I'm not even sure what the problem was. And I don't think fans care. All they know is they paid their money and they didn't get what they paid for. You know who's noticing that, Scott? The folks on the NFL media committee. <laughs> they are right now currently <laughs> in talks with everybody under the sun from a media perspective about their next round of rights. And they are absolutely taking note of the fact that, you know, it's 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 January 2021 and some of the, the best premier streaming services out there are having trouble, you know, with, with major live events. And, and that is exactly the thing that gives NFL pause. It's the reason why I think you and I would probably agree that we're not going to see a major exclusive streaming package out of this next set of NFL rights. There is concern and, and maybe rightfully so for the NFL that, you know, they have a huge property, tens of millions of people watch their biggest games, hundreds of a hundred million plus, if you count the Super Bowl, and they want to make sure that there's no problem you know, with the latency, people are sports betting now. They want to make sure that all of that is good. And unfortunately, we keep seeing, uh, it seems like it happens a lot, we keep seeing streaming issues. There was some issues with the the uh, the college football championship just two or three weeks ago. You know, also an ESPN streaming thing. When we have massive numbers tuning into, you know, live streams, unfortunately, there's still some struggling with the technology. I'm not ready to say that the NFL will not go exclusive on a streaming partner. And I think that streaming partner it, right now, uh, the clubhouse leader would be Amazon. Amazon. Uh, which does Thursday night right now. Uh, I, If I were a betting man, and I'm not, but if I were, I would say that Amazon will have some exclusive NFL carve-out. I don't know how many games, I'm not sure, but I would think there will be some exclusive carve-out because if they don't, why be there right now? And when you say some, you know, right now, Amazon has, I think, one exclusive Thursday night yes. game. I mean, you, you mean more than, more than, than that? Or yes. do you think something that small? Okay. I think more than that, but there will be, I'm guessing, there will be some sort of exclusive NFL package on a streaming service. And by the way, Evan, we were talking about Peacock. Also in the news, WWE, now the exclusive home on Peacock for, uh, in the U.S. anyway, WrestleMania. Uh, so another streaming property going to Peacock. And if you're going to build an audience, uh, this is the kind of content you have to have. Yeah, that's a deal. I believe it's, you know, over a billion dollar deal. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw these kind of two things announced, you know, within 48 hours of each other. You know, NBC saying it's shutting down NBCSN and then, you know, turning around and giving us kind of a sneak preview or an early look at what you know, these deal, what these post NBCSN deals may look like. Right. And it's a, and it's a big one uh, for WWE network for sure. But I do love, by the way, and if you read Jacob Feldman's piece on, on this, um, when Nick Khan left CAA to go over to WWE, he took a call from, or text message, whatever it was from one of the execs over at NBC. And the message was, we need to talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so right, right away it says, Hey, I think there's something we can do together. I, I love it. Um, but give me the future of, by the way, give me the future to end this podcast. Give me the future of uh, Conor McGregor. Um, he's the biggest name. He's the biggest draw. If you're UFC, if you're Dana White, you cannot be happy that McGregor lost this fight. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question and a good way to end the show because we started the show 
talking about the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, right? And how excited the NFL must be to have, you know, arguably two of its most visible quarterbacks back in in the spotlight for for the Super Bowl. Conor McGregor, you know, UFC especially is a sport that is driven by stars. He's been the dominant one, you know, for the better part of, of half a decade or a little bit more. Uh, but you're right. Two of his last three fights, he's lost. He lost to Khabib um, in October 2018. He beat Donald Cerrone and then, you know, lost to Dustin Poirier over the weekend. You know, he said, and, you know, I would imagine this is true. He says he's not done. He says he wants to keep fighting. Um, that must be music to Dana White's ears. He's not He's not a young guy by any means, right? He's 32, but he probably still has a few fights left in him. Um, but you're right. You know, the UFC, we said this about Ronda Rousey a couple years ago. You know, UFC is going to live and die for better or worse, on the stardom of the best fighters that are going at the moment. Um, and right now, Conor McGregor is that guy uh, for the promotion. And and I think he will be that guy moving forward as well. You know, you'd love if you're UFC to get him on a comeback tour where he beats two or three people and maybe fights Khabib again or fights Poirier again. You know, there, there's avenues here. But no question, when, when, you, when you live and die by the stars and those stars lose and start losing, you know, semi-consistently, that, that's an object of worry there. I noticed there was no attempt at the last name, unlike in our warm-up. Khabib Nurmagomedov. There we go. I, we made a I deal. Won't, I won't try that I wouldn't even attempt it, that, that you would be the guy that, to handle that. Uh, I'm not even sure, you know, that Connor needs uh, to be fighting anymore. When we talk about first billionaire athletes and all that, everybody's talking about LeBron James. He's headed on this billionaire trajectory. Um, I'm curious of the portfolio of Connor McGregor. Maybe he'll get there too. He's got, he's got an impressive portfolio of things out there. He's been outspoken about his goal to get there. You know, I yeah. think he said a number of times that his, that his target is to get to uh, is get to a billion. Um, I know he has you know proper number twelve his 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 whiskey company Irish they, whiskey. They sponsored the fight. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that is doing well largely on the on the stardom of, of of himself. I don't know exactly what else his. I know he has you know endorsement deals. I believe Beats by Dre and Monster are in there. Um, I don't know what else he has from a business standpoint, as, as we've talked about, and we can end the show on this because this is a whole other topic, but. You know, athletes, you know, sponsorship is not your way to a billion dollars, right? The way these guys get to a billion dollars is by owning equity, by using their stardom to promote companies that they own a stake in, um, certainly is what he's doing with uh, with the whiskey company. Um, but yes, you know, th- there is certainly an avenue with which, you know, a mega star in the fight world can maybe get to a billion if he plays his cards right. Yeah, the way you get there is you're Andre Iguodala and early on you get in on Zoom. That's how, that's how you get there. You don't well, do it by do it just license yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't just <laughs> license your name. One good investment in a startup could, could also do it. That's right. Evan, why, why don't you uh, tell the folks where they can find you on the Twitter? Yeah, this is Sportacast, guys. You can follow Sportacast, the show, at Sportacast. You can follow me at Scott's favorite Twitter handle, at Novi <laughs> underscore Williams. Yeah, I want to see if people, can you go to the Sportacast and kind of let us know whether you are pro Eben on the underscore or pro Soshnik. Uh, you can get me at Soshnik, no underscores anywhere to be found. Uh, this is a running debate for years and years. Uh, I just want him to lose it. For a while there, actually, I started referring to you as underscore. That was just sort of your nom de plume. <laughs> the underscore. Kind of stuck a little bit too, yeah. Yeah. All right, Eben, like you said, this is the Sportacast, the flagship program in the Sportico Podcast Network. <laughs>